Hello Q&A cuties and welcome back to today's episode of the Q&A podcast. I'm Mel. And I'm Kevin. And today we have a very special guest named Chantel. Hello Chantel, hi. Hi guys. <laughs> Alright Chantel, um, who are you? Where are you from? How do you know us? Okay, well I am Chantel. I'm from Orange County. And I know Kevin since preschool, and we actually became friends in kindergarten. So lifelong friendship now, still friends sometimes when I don't <laughs> find them annoying. <laughs> and then I met Mel through Valorant, through Kevin as well. So I guess we owe Kevin our friendship too. So that's so yeah, true. I, I guess thanks, Kevin. Yeah, I guess. but like we can do it course. without him now. So yeah, that's true. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> So we're glad to have you here, Chantel, especially because you had asked that question before oh, regarding no, languages and specifically code switching. And we want to get your thoughts and insight on it as well. So to begin with, I guess, what languages were you exposed to growing up? So, my, so I was, I'm Filipino, so I grew up with being exposed to Tagalog from my dad's side. And my mom is from Cebu, so she speaks um, Bisaya. And I know more Visayan words than Tagalog. So whenever I talk to other Filipinos, they're like, oh, do you know this word? I'm like, no, sorry. But then I do the flex. I'm like, I know Visayan though, so it's kind of harder. But also English, obviously, because I was, I was born here. I grew up here. I live in Orange County, so it's mostly white. Grew up in a school majority white. So like I said, English, Tagalog, and Visayan mostly. But yeah. Okay. And what about you, Mel? I kind of pretty similar to Chantel. Um, grew up hearing a mix of Tagalog and Pangasinan, which is another language from the Philippines. And pretty much same thing. Like I understood and internalized more Pangasinan. So when people would try to speak to me in Tagalog, I'm like, uh, I know what that means in a different one. <laughs> but yeah. Um, for, yeah, English, Tagalog, and Pangasinan for the most part. Uh, yeah. What about you, Kevin? Okay. Um, so my we're Chinese, but we they grew up. My parents grew up in the Philippines, right? So they did speak Hokkien, which is similar to Taiwanese, Tagalog, of course, uh, English, and then some Mandarin. But growing up, my parents would mix Hokkien and Tagalog a lot, so I'd get confused what was a word in Tagalog versus in Chinese, and so like. There's, it was very confusing, but yeah, those mainly those four, I guess. That's so interesting because I feel like I've never met anyone that would confuse like any Chinese Chinese language with Tagalog. Cause to me, they sound like pretty different, but mm -hmm. I mean, I bet girl, if you grew up like hearing them together, then yeah. It's so confusing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On that note, though, what are you, or were you able to pick up a lot of it growing up and stuff? I don't know about YouTube, but there was some words and phrases that, like, you will pick up as you grow up. But, so I'm the youngest, and my brother is older by six years. And when he was going to preschool, because we all were born and raised in the U.S., um, he was learning all three languages, like Hokkien, Tagalog, and English, and mixing them all in one sentence. And the preschool teacher was like, he needs to know English if he wants to attend here. And so basically like they completely stopped like teaching and none of us like ever learned any of the other languages, unfortunately. 
all because of that one preschool teacher that was like, you need to know English. Otherwise, we probably would be speaking it today. But um, I know more Mandarin than uh, Tagalog or Hokkien now, just because that's what I, I took growing up in high school. What about you two? Um, I don't really, because I don't really practice Tagalog at home because my mom speaks English to me. But I want to go back into like learning more Visayan words just because she's more comfortable talking to me about it. And I know more phrases. So I'm telling her to like speak Visayan to me at home just so I can practice. And then because I'm going to go to the Philippines soon and I want to be able to communicate with people there because my mom was telling me that they don't want to talk to me because they're like scared that they don't say the English words like correctly. But I'm like, I'm, I'm nice. Like I will try to understand <laughs> I like no context too. So I'm like, I can kind of understand what you're saying, but yeah, I wish I spoke more like Tagalog or Visayan Mm -hmm. No, that's so sad though. Like I, I, same here too. Cause I remember when I went back in 2011, they were like, you should learn a little bit more Tagalog, but also they're going to try to speak to you in in English. And I'm like, no, yeah. Like, let's just be in the middle. Like, I don't, you know, like no pressure on either side, you know, but yeah. So for me, I was able to like, at a good level, understand Pangasinan, but I was never able to speak it until recently during the pandemic, when I moved back home, I kind of chose to put in like active work to learn Pangasinan since I was like, you know, I'm back with my parents, so might as well practice it a lot more. And so now after about a year of really trying, I can kind of confidently say that I can am a little like I'm close to fluent. I'm not all all the way there, but I did take Tagalog in in college though, but that was kind of a train wreck because my professor would ask me questions and I would respond in Pangasinan and she she'd be like, What are you saying? I have no idea what that is. I was like, That's not Tagalog. Wait, what? Like it was it was really bad. And it sounds so different now that I'm more aware of it. But I bet I sounded crazy to the other students in the class. They're like, what the fuck? Like, we did not learn that. But yeah, so definitely way higher in Pangasinan in terms of picking it up and stuff. Uh, Can I ask, was that like a class? Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Was go that ahead. like an actual credit class that you took? It was, yeah, yeah. Oh, That's so I, nice. Yeah, on top of that, it's actually... People that are not even within the Filipino community choose to take the class because it's one of the easiest A's on campus. No Because, yeah, because the ates and titas are like, as long as you retake your quiz, even if you keep failing, but you like put in work, then we'll give you an A. Yeah. so annoying. But if you don't take the time to retake it, then they will, you know, not give you, they'll give you like a B or something. But in most cases, they'll give you a B interesting yeah yeah no it's it's that's so dumb i know no no yeah (laughs) so that's why like in the class there were hella non you know filipino folks that were taking it just for the a yeah that's so annoying Mm -hmm. it wasn't it was i was like y'all y'all don't care about the culture like y'all just here to get an a raise your gpa exactly but the titas the titas were so nice so it's like obviously they're gonna let you retake of course they're like oh a white person wants to learn our language yeah 
Okay, Let's yeah, that's them. pretty much, yeah, that was a lot of it for sure. But anyway, so I, yeah, I definitely brushed up Tagalog at, in college way past the prime language learning <laughs> time. But I know both of you are currently learning other languages. And would you care to share which ones you're learning? <laughs> and how? <laughs> yeah. sure, sure. I'm first. Mine's pretty mm-hmm. basic. I'm learning Japanese, mm-hmm. Duolingo, yes. <laughs> 85 Day Streak of Learning. Damn. Wow. Yeah. That's but I like, I've used them in the past, so. But, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. But I was looking for like Tagalog or anything from Duolingo, and there's not. Then it makes me sad. Nothing. It's so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But yeah, Japanese. I am also using Duolingo to brush up on languages. Love the green owl, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. If you want to sponsor us, <laughs> just let us know. Like, we love you. Come on, Duo. Yeah, come uh, on, Duo. 98 Day Streak. Thanks to Chantel. She always reminds me. But I am learning Mandarin. Tried learning some Spanish, but I'm focusing on Mandarin because I feel like I'm losing some of it. So it's helping me just, like, brush up on the vocabulary, grammar, and everything like that. I, I also noticed there is no Tagalog or Filipino languages, which is surprising because they, I swear they have like Klingon on there, which makes no sense, I guess. Because how can, I mean, I get there's a lot of difficulty with Tagalog language, but it's well, just surprising. No, no, yeah. You're on to something though, because, yeah. because it, it, okay, there are like a lot of intricacies and probably I think maybe the main issue could be that a lot of people teach it differently because of the way they learned it and the way they understood it growing up. So there's so many different ways that you can say something. But, I mean, they got Klingon a fake language. So it's like, why not include a real language that, you know, people would genuinely want to learn? And there are other apps that do offer lessons. So I'm like, they can just from that yeah yeah exactly rosetta stone is another good language app but it's not as like user friendly i feel or cute yeah. as duolingo <laughs> yeah. but but yeah. Yeah. i love is it free too all the different colors uh i think they have free trials <laughs> but there are some lessons that are free otherwise you might have to pay for it yeah i would love to try but i think duolingo is definitely my comfort zone so going back to the languages y'all were exposed to growing up and if any even even the languages that you're learning now since they are kind of semi-prevalent in your lives now do y'all feel like they influence the way you talk to people and the way you communicate with yourself as well also there's that whole thing about it it was like mind-blowing when i was thinking about the language my mom thinks into herself or and dreams in. Fung- exact- and dreams in. And hers is Pangasinan. And I'm like, whoa, that's insane. I never thought about that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it would be for my parents either, but I'm pretty sure English was not their first language. So, but going back to what you said about how it might influence how we communicate with others, I don't necessarily know interaction-wise, but certain phrases I know growing up sounded weird because that's how my parents would say it in English, uh, because in like Tagalog or Hokkien, it was translated that way. So like, for example, I always tell people I, I open my bed 
or like close my bed instead of making my bed mm-hmm. or like instead of turning on and off the light we open the light or close the light mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah. just small things like that because yeah. even in chinese it's the same thing but i don't um, know about any like specific ways we interact at least regarding languages may have influence i don't know yeah i don't know in particular i think for me it's like just certain like phrases in filipino where you're like oh i don't know what the english translation would be to that because it's literally just like a filipino phrase like um growing up my aunt and my mom whenever they got scared they always go Hi, and that means fly <laughs> like, it literally is a but that means when that happens when they get like scared you're like that's so oh funny. God. I froze. <laughs> oh no. Chantal said it like a spell and now she's frozen. Okay. Sorry. Cool. Oh, you're back. You're back. You're back. <laughs> a lot, but anyway, no, you're that's good. the phrase. And then it's like, I sus Mary Joseph. Like everyone says mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, who? That's what the phrases that I just use. I don't really have any, like, what Kevin said. Like, I opened the bed or something. Maybe it does and I just don't realize it. But yeah, that feels just funny. That's funny. I definitely have some like that too. I don't, I can't think of any specific phrases, but my parents like just make a lot of noises. I don't know if they mean anything, <laughs> but like, or not specifically my parents, but a lot of my aunties and uncles, like when they get scared, they'll say, Ayot. I don't know what that oh. means, but it's just like, Ayot. And then like when they say to express pain, they say, Arai. I don't know if that's oh, in any yes. other languages. Okay. I know that one, yeah. Yeah. Or they say so, in mine, they say a guy. Like a guy. A guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I know. So that in my head, whenever I feel those reactions, that's what I think. I'm like, Ayo. They're like, Ay. yeah. Yeah. I say like, Aya. I'm not even Filipino. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just Chantal's language. It's just, just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just me. Yeah. Just making it up. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely noticed growing up hearing a lot of Tagalog and Pangasinan, it feels like there's a bit of kind of, maybe, I don't know if this is just my immediate like family, but there's a lot of like anger and like strong emotion hidden in the words in Pangasinan and Tagalog. And I feel like learning it and being able to speak it growing up, I was it more able to express emotions because of it. I don't know, a lot of like the strong emotions in my head, I feel like feel stronger when they're worded in like Pangasinan versus English. I don't know, the tone, the intonations and stuff in, in those languages just hit harder for me. My mom's dad spoke um, a different dialect of Tagalog. And I, I forgot what region it was from. But she would always say whenever she told people that she can understand and speak that specific dialect, that people would be like, oh, like, because it's very, it's associated with like a lot of anger and like aggression. And so like, that's what she would always say as well. So I can kind of get what you mean. Yeah. Like when I'm out in public and I hear like the Tagalog, I can like pinpoint it from anywhere. I'm like, oh, they're Filipino because I can tell by the tone. It's literally the yes. tone. Yeah. It's just the way they're talking because... They're just saying, like, such basic sentences, but it sounds so angry. It sounds so angry, yeah. 
and or yeah. like shady. Yeah, <laughs> like, and I'm like, like oh. <laughs> no, literally, I'm like, what are they talking? They're shit talking for sure. Mm-hmm, and I'm like, mm-hmm. hello. Yeah. And since my dad speaks Tagalog and my mom speaks Bisaya, I can definitely tell the different tones because my mom, the way she talks to her sister, is like, oh no, 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 like flowy. And then my dad, it's like sharp and like quick, you know. Mm-hmm, so I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I can. It sounds like they're mad, like they're yelling across the house, but they're just like, let's eat or like something. So like, <laughs> yeah, I can definitely tell the, the tone from a mile away. Yeah. No, my sister and I, we always talk about how growing up, we can tell when our parents were talking about us. Because if it was in Pangasinan or Ilocano, it would be about us because it's like, <laughs> it's super like, oh, you know, like gossipy <laughs> and stuff, but like in Tagalog, like it'd just be like normal conversations and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely something in like the languages themselves where it's like, it's just a more, you know, shadier, like <laughs> shadier tones and whatnot. Also, there's like this whole thing that I think about a lot, how a lot of Southeast Asian languages are a bit more feminine in some ways, right? Like Tagalog sounds pretty sassy, like regardless of who's using it like when you watch like dramas and stuff it's very expressive right and then also like i have like viet friends that tell me that they think viet and also thai too sounds just very feminine like very and so i think there's something there i I can't speak more to it but it's just super interesting yeah i think just like the way it's spoken like how they put the accents when they speak Mm -hmm. because everyone's like oh tagalog's such a pretty language i'm like what (laughs) Like, have you heard people like me? I'm like, wait, have you actually heard people like have a conversation in Tagalog? Because mm-hmm. to me, it just sounds like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like in songs that are Tagalog, it is really pretty. But I can't tell if because they're like hiding the accent, like or like lessening their tone, or if like the music helps with it. But I just found that really interesting. Like music yeah. Tagalog and speaking Tagalog is kind of like different. Yeah, no, super different. Like you can you can fluctuate the way or I guess fluctuate between emotions with Tagalog. Like it can be super soothing if you if you make it, but it could also be really gossipy and chattery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it could also yeah. be really angry too and stuff. So What about you, Kevin? What about like Chinese or Mandarin? Do they have any oh, I... like tones, you think? <laughs> I don't know about I feel like Mandarin is just a very aggressive language. Mm-hmm. It just sounds aggressive. It can sound pretty as well, but I feel like compared to uh Tagalog, which is is it derived from one of the like Latin languages? Like cuz you know like Spanish, mm-hmm. like the three romantic languages or something. Um I don't know, but I feel like compared to Mandarin, it's not as soothing. It always mm-hmm. sounds very sharp and aggressive. Mm-hmm. It's weird because there is a non kind of colonized. I mean, I think there is a non colonized version of Tagalog that has no Spanish words, and there's you know indigenous language equivalents of most Spanish words that are in Tagalog. So I'm sure that sounds a lot different from the colonized version of Tagalog that you know most Filipinos speak now. That may that may be why it can be seen as more calm maybe because the spanish words but what constitutes a language as romantic like who said so you know that's true i can think like i watched i I watched thai bls and i'm like that's hella romantic (laughs) you know that's hella yeah yeah that's true so very subjective Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
I guess that kind of does tie into our next subtopic of today, which is code switching and how there's a lot of connotations behind the words we use and how we're, we can be very selective with what we say and how we say it. So I just want to ask y'all, what type of code switching did y'all experience? Did you observe, but also use code switching growing up and even now too? What kind of code switching do y'all use now? So I would say I use the most code switching at school because at home it's just me and my mom. So I can literally talk about anything to her mm-hmm. and she would know. She's like, oh yeah, totally. But at school growing up, like I said, I went to a majority white um, school. All my friends were mostly white. Kevin was there. He was one of my Asian friends <laughs> as well. Shout out Amberlin. But then again, I feel like even when we interacted, it was still like very like white topics just because we didn't know any different either because we we're still kindergarten and up. Like even in college, I still went to a majority white school, even though it was in the Bay, like all most of my friends were like white or like half Mexican, half white, but I still didn't really touch into my Asian like roots there. I think most now after the pandemic, I had time to like think about myself and like, what do I want to change that I don't like? And I wanted to tap more into my Filipino roots. And I think I'm doing that a lot more now. And now going to grad school, like half of my cohort is Filipino. So I'm like, Oh my god, my people. <laughs> like, hello. But also in my head I'm like, am I too white for the Filipinos? I'm like not enough I'm not Filipino enough for the Filipinos. And I'm too Filipino for the white people. But everyone is so nice there. Like they help me learn because I'm like, I don't really know what to tell them out loud. And they're like, Oh, you don't know? I'm like, No, like I'm sorry. <laughs> like I can't speak that well. But they're like all welcoming and they're all nice and we all relate on stuff because some of them, like I know people whose family's from Bohol, which is where my dad is from. I'm like, oh my God, like a main common interest, common topic. And also like just learning about other culture too, because my friends are also Viet, but mostly Filipino. So they all just like help me learn more about the culture itself too. Because growing up, I feel like I was very whitewashed, which I hate saying, but like it, it was so true. But now that I'm surrounded by more people that are like Asian and Filipino too, like much majority, I just feel more comfortable and I feel like I can talk about anything there. Because I kind of see it now with my white friends from high school. I like notice what topics I want to talk about. I think Kevin, we experienced this on literally last Friday because we went to Disneyland and my friend Skylar came up with us. And me and Kevin were just, like, talking about anime. We are like, oh, yeah, this show, Chainsaw <laughs> Man is so good, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I love this character. And she's like, oh, are you guys talking about anime? And we're like, oh, yeah, like, sorry. <laughs> like, and she just, like, stood there on the side. I'm like, oh, God, I feel so bad. But also, I just love, like, talking about it. It's, like, good and bad. I, like, obviously, I love them. But I feel way more comfortable bringing up anything to, like, my Filipino friends now. Mm-hmm. No, I'm so happy that you found kind of a balance to all the worlds that you like came across, right? Because you, it seems like you went through a full cycle of like Literally. learning to code switch and then learning to cool it down. And now you don't need to as much. And yeah, no, that's super cool. I agree. It's very similar. I mean, we did grow up basically all our lives together. So we had very similar experiences, especially grade school to high school. And I was going to bring up as well, like, because I did notice the same thing on Friday. 
And it was like, I felt that as well. So, I mean, we, we like kind of balance it out, which is nice, but yeah, still love you, Skylar, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. Similar as well for code switching in elementary school and still even at home, of course, like sometimes now because of my sexuality and then also, you know, with certain people, cause unfortunately like there's the whole like mask femme thing, I feel like depending on that, it could influence how I speak in certain things. Like when we play games, I feel like maybe sometimes I sound different than how I would in real life. So, and I don't know why, but I mean, you just kind of have that fear of like whoever's on your team, if you're with randoms, like hearing how you speak. I think the biggest one for me growing up was being surrounded in a white demographic growing up because of Orange County and being influenced by certain behaviors or interests that was cool at that time and like being influenced by that, but then finally finding my way in college with more minorities, more people of color, more experiences. And I got to see that for myself and finally learn more about myself and others as well. What about you, Mel? How was your experience? It's essentially like both, both of y'all's <laughs> together combined. All of it. Yeah. I completely agree with everything. I definitely grew up in a similar way with a lot of non-Asians and I at some point in elementary was definitely one out of like two or three of the only Asians on campus which was insane now that I think about it. I definitely had to get into things like in terms of hobbies and interests that I wasn't already into just to fit in. And I had to find things to like seem cool to these people so that I won't be seen as that quiet Asian kid that loves math or something, right? Which was true, but like I had to hide it, you know? I had to be like, I had to be cool and interesting and not, not weird. And so I definitely, a lot of that elementary and middle school I have this thing or I mean I I think I did mention it in the last when we answered this question in the Q&A session but yeah middle school had to pretend that I was a skater so that you know <laughs> to impress the white people at in my middle school because they were all skaters and that's what was cool at the time but eventually I actually I found dancing which was in my head like an Asian thing like you know growing up in San Diego, within the Asian community, there was like choreo cookies who were like super, this amazing dance crew from San Diego. And I always idolized them. And I was like, okay, maybe I can use this Asian thing to not code switch and seem cool, you know, and like find friends through that. Because at a certain point, I was tired of code switching. Like, I don't want to be a skater. I don't want to be whatever jockey you know type of person like I, I don't want to do I don't want to do those things I want to do what my interests are and so eventually I started dancing and having that be my brand in middle school and then that's when I like gained clout or whatever <laughs> and so yeah it was like kind of like reverse code switching like instead of molding myself into like these things um, after doing it for so long so I, I feel as though I, I have gone through a full cycle as well of learning code switching and then unlearning and being more comfortable with what I do want to do. And I definitely want to emphasize on the thing you brought up, Kevin, which was basically masculine and feminine code switching. And I definitely had to navigate through that for my entire life. 
I want to say. Um, you know, I grew up in a really, really big family, lots of cousins. And so definitely had to switch into whatever, you know, as masculine as I could be, you know, it's very hard <laughs> sometimes. I'm like, you know, I like, in my room dancing like Hannah Montana and then I walk out with all my cousins and I'm like oh yeah anyway um so uh, hey guys you know it was just definitely a lot of training I felt like it was work put in to try to put on this this like facade basically yeah it went down it it was like word by word it felt like I had to code switch not just vibe not just what you are wearing like it's it's word for word second by second you can't let anything slip because once it does you're done you know like they're gonna get you the bullies in elementary they're gonna get you yeah. oh, when you brought up dancing to hannah montana i remember like <laughs> growing up i don't know if chantal ever i'm pretty sure i've told you but like caitlin and i my sister would literally put we had a britney spears cd and it was like all her music videos or her like really old album, one of the first albums. And we would play it on the TV and literally dance together in front of it. So, yeah, I mean, but and then, then you're like, like, how did you not know? <laughs> like, yeah, at that point, no. you should have. Like... No, yeah. But yeah, we would always do that. And like, that was such a core memory for me. And I, like looking back, I think that's hilarious. Wait, because... that's insane because I have a literal same story. Well, not with Britney. Even though my mom oh. did have like the, you know, DVD set of mm -hmm. like all her music videos and everything. So I'm like, you made me like this. Like, it's not my fault. <laughs> you it's left you. it there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but for me, me, my sister and I would dance to like High School Musical all the time. And so we would reenact, literally reenact Bop to the Top. Like move oh. by move. And then I look back and I'm like... I was Sharpay. Like, how what did, did I even need to come out to you? Like, I was literally Sharpay. Like, you made this is your fault, you know? But yeah, same thing. And then, like, we'd go see our other cousins, and I'm like, yeah, anyway, so. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. it wasn't Sharpay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally Ryan. You know? yeah. Yeah. Well, Kevin, do you remember in middle school when we used to call each other on our landlines? First of all, I, one. <laughs> we would sing High School Musical to each other, and literally, yeah, <laughs> on the so, phone, <laughs> karaoke on the phone. Like, we would <laughs> sing it on the landline, which is so That's funny. That's so to me. cute. I want that. I want what y'all have. Uh, do oh my today. god, we'll do it later today. We'll yeah, we'll be in that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so funny i forgot about that oh my no, god that's a core memory for me yeah we used to call each other a lot all, on the landline i swear we played <laughs> piano over the phone no <laughs> like and we're like oh, you hang up first like, Ew. <laughs> okay, we were like i would have never liked kevin in my whole life oh swear. that's so funny i literally saw always platonic i know amberlin like liked you at one point but i'm like no, not me kevin is my exposed <laughs> exposed no but yeah no we were really really close though that's hilarious i love that that's so funny <laughs> um anyway <laughs> anyway um yeah so as a queer male i feel like i definitely had to do that and put in work you know uh day in day out playing a role yeah. Like, where's my Oscar? You know, at this point, I deserve an Oscar. Yeah. Still, no, for yeah. real. And so, 
that's kind of my experience as a queer man. And so Chantel, I would like to ask you as a woman, do you find yourself, you know, having to code switch when you're around more masculine figures and why if you do? Yeah, definitely. Like I feel when I was little, I was a really, I was really like a tomboy. Like I played with all the guys, played basketball, got dirty mm-hmm. with like in the, not the street, like the play, the play, what is it? The black top, black top, mm-hmm. black top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, but now I like don't know how to talk to guys. Like, I'm just, like <laughs> I don't know what to talk about to them because they're very like straight. Like what you said, Mel, you have to like pick your words to become more masculine. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm like that masculine enough to like, or I'm not tomboy anymore to be like, oh, do you watch the sports game? Like, <laughs> the Lakers. sports ball game. Uh, yeah. yeah, the sports <laughs> touchdown game. Yeah. <laughs> and, I had this recent interaction with someone from grad school right now and they're telling me oh like after finals they want to go to a rage room and like break stuff I'm like wow like so cool <laughs> <laughs> like, oh cool like yeah sure and then they're like telling me because we're going to have a, a white coat ceremony and they're like oh we're gonna like pop champagne and I was like oh that's so cute and then one of the guys were like why do all girls say, oh, that's so cute when you tell her that? And I'm like, what am I supposed to say? Like, yeah. Oh, like, congrats. Like, I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, you're supposed to say, like, let's go. Or like, hell yeah. I'm like, they oh, said they yeah. They t- like, educated oh. you on, like, yeah, what to say. Oh, I, I don't like, like mm. that. I was like, I don't think I can do that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> But like, wow. Yeah. I was they like, were... well, there goes my friendships. <laughs> no, yeah. No, it's the crazy because they felt so strongly about it as yeah. like to the point where they wanted to tell you what to say. Like this yeah. is what you should have said. Yeah. That's I'm like, insane. Do you really see that coming out of my mouth? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. yeah. Like, I'm not that kind of girl. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But That's yeah. crazy. It's so interesting. I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah super male dominated like he it was a man right yeah yeah Yeah. like i he felt so comfortable doing that i feel like because it's such a like male dominated world like i feel like you don't see the girls or the gays being like no you should say yes like yeah no that you don't say let's go like you say yes queen yeah you say yeah Yeah. exactly like i think i will start doing that now like if anyone's like let's go like Like, i don't know padre's game or something like that no it's yas queen yeah you're like like, you should say yas yeah exactly yeah it was such a weird interaction i was like well i'm gonna turn around now sorry yeah (laughs) i'm gonna go that's insane oh my gosh yeah because my cohort is like majority women and i mm-hmm. love it every day i'm like mm-hmm. wow women yeah and all my friends yeah. say per period I'm like, my <laughs> home my home but it's like yeah. female dominated i'm like ha mm-hmm. but um it- i have a question for kevin like do you find yourself switching when you talk to the patients or like even your doctor Ooh, so i don't so i'm surprised i don't really talk to the patients no. i just sit <laughs> in the back typing but i do find myself like code switching in general within the field of healthcare, 
volunteering at the hospital, like some of the nurses, like super sweet. I love the nurses there, but they'll be like, oh, do you have a girlfriend? Oh, like, do you like, you must have like a lot of girls after you. And it's just so awkward because sometimes I don't know how they would react if they knew more about me. So it just depends. It's like, I have to kind of put on this front or facade, which, you know, we've kind of been trained to do our whole lives uh, and just go with the flow and continue the conversation in their eyes and kind of just brush it off or like put it to the side. So definitely in the hospital, like every week, whenever I volunteer, if it's brought up, I do have to put on that front of like straight. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, other places, not so bad. It, It really just depends. Do you two feel like you ever have to put on a facade at work versus like with friends and stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. It's interesting because there are definitely some initiatives in place, you know, to make the workplace a lot more inclusive. But I think regardless of whatever, and it's not always on, you know, the company's, I guess, fault. But regardless, growing up in the culture that we do grow up in, it's it never feels completely safe to, you know, be fully yourself whether it's like being queer or being BIPOC and whatnot like you know I feel like there's always code switching as a safety net before you can fully you know it'll probably like take me a few months to fully be and act the way I want to within the workplace and it's like a accumulation of all this stuff we've talked about in the previous episodes like religion and stuff like that definitely plays a part in me code switching as well it's like in it's like religion definitely was the catalyst for code switching for me. Like I wouldn't feel so pressured to code switch if I wasn't raised Catholic because there's like deeper reasoning behind like why I need to code switch because of religion. So it's definitely going to take me a while to like unlearn all the methods of code switching that I used. But this is going to be a common topic that I bring up in this podcast, which is like, Queer people, in my eyes, we are people of survival. Like, we are creatures of survival, you know? Like, we do everything to survive at the bare minimum. So code switching is definitely one of our tools that we have to use. And then it's like a lot of unlearning. It's like sometimes we don't need it, you know? It's like a safety net. I think it's just based on demographic, too, which is why there's certain communities that are so, you know, like this is the Filipino community or like... Hillcrest being the gay community, like WeHo, because you feel safer in the communities that you're familiar with yes. and want to be with the people who are similar to you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really nice that that exists, but kind of unfortunate that it has to exist, I guess. For sure. So that's all we have for this episode. Um, and now it's time for the end of podcast Q&A. So, Mel, did you want to read off the question that we have? Yes, I will read off the question. Thanks, Kev. Um, This is from a special anonymous person that submitted a question to us. Thank you. Uh, The question is, what are your red flags? Starting with Chantel. Oh, gosh, me? I have to, like, think, because I really have a lot of... I'm really picky. (laughs) So... (laughs) I think if he talks, like, condescending to me, obviously, that's, like, a no-go. Like, a guy who thinks he's too full of himself, I hate that. Like, he's good-looking, but he knows. So mm-hmm. he thinks, like, all the women love him or all the guys love him. 
another one where it's like where he like mansplains oh i hate mansplaining like please you can explain it to me just don't give me that condescending tone because i'm open to learning new things but just don't make it seem like i'm dumb because i don't Mm -hmm. know it i don't know what else like being mean being mean meaning to waiters being mean to their family maybe he's an andrew tate that's a red flag. oh huge red flag. 100 yes so that's how i can explain it um red flags red flags i only see green i'm just kidding i'm colorblind (laughs) i think i attracted to red flags but i think that some are (laughs) that's your red flag that's my red flag um no but like again like you said ego no respect like i feel like you need to have respect just like not for your family but also just in general for others and i feel like a lot of people say i don't know why people say this but actually i kind of do know why but having a lot of mutuals is a red flag for people which we can go into that later in a different episode but i don't get i get why it's a red flag but i feel like it shouldn't be communication i feel like you need to be really good at communicating as much as it i've had to learn how to be better at that but yeah Mm, i the one that chantel brought up which was the being rude to family that's a huge one for me but i think even more so like if you have just your own family issues and that's on you but if you're mean to my family or my friends that's huge like i will cut you off immediately and i'm I will cut you off. Like, when I say I will cut you it's for real. Like, I will not talk to you again. So, <laughs> that's, like, a huge one for me. I was debating on bringing up the mutual one. But I was like, I don't know how I would explain it either. But, I mean, I think it's a pretty understandable one. Yeah, having mutuals is something to consider, just to be aware of. But it's not mm-hmm. necessarily, like, something you should have a predisposed image or opinion of this person already that you maybe mm-hmm. haven't even met yet and gotten to know. Yeah, that I think, yeah, you're definitely onto something because it's a indicator that there's something that you can kind of look into. Like you can kind of figure out if you have these mutuals because you have a history with a bunch of these mutuals or if you just know them. Um, and so it can be something to talk about, not necessarily like a straight red flag. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I get it. Like it's more of like a alert, like a like a check engine emoji <laughs> that I have in my car. Yeah, but you um, just ignore those, right? Because <laughs> it goes away sometimes, and I'm like, okay, oh, it's fake. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, perfect. I'll yeah. look. Good to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good to go. All right. It's like yeah, for me, it's one of those. Not necessarily a red flag. Another one is if they play league. <laughs> league of Valorant. <laughs> no, but actually. They play yeah. League but not Valorant. <laughs> yeah, okay. League but not Valorant. They're built different. I, I wanna say there is something there. I feel like they mm-hmm. that they might have issues just saying. Through my extensive research, <laughs> I think it's safe to say um <laughs> League players are something else. I I don't have any like clear ones though because I think I like to investigate before I like can immediately judge. But definitely like if I if I know that you are 
just mean to like your own family or my family or like my close loved ones then yeah no that's an that's a no-no so going back the other way around if you want to answer i'd like to ask <laughs> what are your own personal red flags and i'll start i play valerie so <laughs> that's uh that can be one yeah i think yeah I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, that's all I'd like to say for now. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think my biggest thing, I don't know if it's a red flag, maybe, but I sometimes take a long time to text back or reply. Okay, yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Life, no, that's good. Life gets busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just too lazy to respond. Yeah. That's my issue. That's my red flag, partly. Mm-hmm. I, like, mm-hmm. see it. But I'm like, I can't talk to you right now. Like, I'm too yeah. tired to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. Take mm-hmm. your time, though. Let's... Okay, that, like, can get into the whole discussion of people who don't respond because when they do respond, it's very, like, emotionally involved. Mm-hmm. And, like, you really do want to have a good response. So that's why you mm-hmm. wait. Mm-hmm. I want to say that's me in most cases. I'm like, I want to emotionally and mentally have a fully fleshed out message rather than just, uh, you know, Hey, you're like, yeah, I'm good, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if that's a red flag. I don't know. Maybe we're all fine. We don't have any red yeah. flags. Yeah. True. That's a red flag. We don't think we have red flags. <laughs> red flags. Ooh, another red flag. We have a podcast. Dang it. <laughs> that's a red men flag. podcast. Exactly. I'm a man who has a podcast. That's <sighs> but on that note, thank y'all for listening to our podcast. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Yes, yes. And we hope you enjoyed and hope to see y'all at the next one. If you have any questions again, please submit (laughs) bit.ly slash the QA subs. Yes. And follow us on Instagram at the QA podcast and DM us a question or comments or anything. If you so desire, we are there to listen to you. We're here for you. All right. Thank y'all for listening. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes, of course. Thank you, Chantel, for joining. Bye. Bye.